All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Freedom Cast podcast. We're on with uh, Matthew Vincent, who is a, for those of you who don't know, math, a traveling athlete, two-time Highland Games world champion, founder of Hate Brands, and now rebranding to Not Dead Yet. Thank you so much, Matthew, for coming on. I appreciate you. What's up, man? Happy to be here. Hey. Um, talk to me about a little bit about your background. So uh, for the handful of listeners who don't know who you are, um, uh, who, how did you get into the Highland Games and what led you to even start wanting to lift? Sure. Um, so Highland Games would have come as kind of like my first like adult sport, right? You know, so I did sports growing up like a lot of people do. So football and then got into track and field in middle school and then through high school did both track and field and football. Um, had success in both and got a couple, you know, various offers to go play at the collegiate level and both those things. And I ended up choosing track and field. I really loved throwing and thought that I had more of an opportunity there with going to LSU than a small school to go play football. Mm. Yeah, I really didn't love playing football. So um, at that point on, like I, you know, had been training for a long time you know, through high school training was still very serious and lifting was very serious through that all for sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I'd graduated college, I took kind of a few years off and dicked around. I had a bicycle shop. I tried to get up and running and didn't do a very good job of after a couple of years. Um, and then made my way back into kind of a real world job. Um, a regular nine to five job ended up in the oil and gas industry doing outside sales after a couple not so exciting jobs. Um, <laughs> And then, um, you know, kind of got back into lifting. My brother had found some people training strongman. And so uh, I decided to jump in with him on a few things. And it was really fun. Um, it it re-sparked that idea of training again and doing things heavy. And it was kind of my first introduction to really powerlifting and strength sports. Yeah. Um, yeah, I knew as a thrower in college, right, that the Highland Games exist, but it's like strongman or anything at that time of 2003, 2004, 2005, you don't know where to go do any of this. Nobody sells any equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got lucky to find a guy in town who was kind of geeked up on it the way we were. Nice. And so we started training out of a garage. Um, wow. And so that obsession rapidly grew and I picked up a few pieces of gym equipment uh, when I got into strongman and the next thing, you know, I know I've got a yoke we've built and two logs we've built. I bought a Slater log. I've got two big 1100 pound tires on the side of my house, like four or five pair of farmer's handles and a run of six Atlas stones up to, you know, 420 pounds. And, uh, we would have training sessions over there. It was, it was a lot of fun. I love training for strongman. I didn't love competing in it as mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Highland Games popped up in the area, so we decided to go give that a go. And I've got a background in throwing, so it's it's a bit like having some cheat codes for going into the sport. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I immediately find some success in it, and that took all the all my direction at that point. Like, from that on out, it was Highland Games really only. Um, and so did Highland Games for... You know, 2008 through 2016, uh, won two world championships. And in kind of the process of that time, I started making content. Yeah. Started with a blog, 
where I was just sharing training information and then training, you know, some ideas of implements I was making and just kind of sharing the story of trying to get better at this Highland Games thing, which eventually I wrote a book on training for the Highland Games, which came out the year I won my first world championship. Uh, that book is uh, Training Lab. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote Throwing Lab the following year to kind of break down all the throws for anyone trying to compete in that sport. Um, and through that, I wrote about in one of the early chapters of this kind of self-motivation called the hate. Yep. And this is this philosophy. My brother and I had talked about it a long time, but it was, we'd seen other athletes and the athletes that we always admired and the people we admired were these people that like, no matter what level of progress they've seen to make, there's more, like they still have that fire. And I always equate that fire to like, you know, I know when that guy looks at himself in the mirror in the morning, like he's, you know, he hates himself more than I do. Like there's a special sense of self-loathing to get your ass up at 5 a.m. and fucking continue to go do shit that you've done for 10 years because it's what makes you better. Mm -hmm. And so it was always, you know, driven by that. And so that not having to listen to my own excuses or that voice in my head that says, we can't, or we should rest, or we deserve this, or any of that. Like, what bullshit, man? Like, yep. that's the voice I fucking hate. Yep. Like, it's eliminating that noise in my head that keeps me from attacking the things that I love most. Yeah. Right? And so, uh, Hate Brand started officially in October of 2014. I won my second world championship that year. And we've continued to run it to this day. We rebranded in January to Not Dead Yet and have rebranded kind of everything over mm-hmm. to that because I had Habit Coffee. I've got uh, Hate Brand Goods. I have Umso Podcast. I have the least synergistic universe of all fucking time. Um, and really over time, right, like the hate thing, it's still so deep rooted in what the brand is. Mm-hmm. But the not dead yet is why I give a shit. Yeah. But that's why I push. That's why I go for everything. It's because my time here on this earth is so limited, man. And I'm not interested in leaving a bunch of questions of what I'm capable of. Yeah. I want to know. I don't want to imagine it. I want to do it. And everything I've ever went after that was really hard and challenging in my life has given me so much more in return from the learning process of it. And while I still got air in my fucking lungs and fire in my heart, man, I'm going to go. And so that's where Not Dead Yet's really taken over. And that has changed so much in the last handful of years with my journey from going and being injured and everything else. And so, yeah, I don't know how long it is before this machine gives up again or my brain does. Mm-hmm. Something fucking catastrophic happens. But between now and then, I want to make the absolute most of my life. Yeah. You know, my definition of making most of my life is I want to spend as much of that time doing things I give a shit about instead of doing things I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what I want to inspire other people to do, right? Is like, man, focus all that fucking energy on the things that you give a shit about. You know, quit holding yourself back and figure out what it's like to go all in on your dreams and show up and be accountable and be consistent and don't need the cheerleaders and realize you're doing it for you. Because when you can take the wheel on that, man, you're unstoppable to anyone else. You don't need permission anymore. You don't need validation. You've got accountability and discipline and, you know, the pieces fall into place. Mm-hmm. Do you think the philosophy behind, behind hate brands, 
that so to me just as an outsider looking in that seems pretty exhausting was that motivation with you know hating yourself self-loathing um something that evolved for you over time and became something even a little bit different than the original the original philosophy or do you think it's still a driving factor because to me that only goes so far before you literally start hating everything around you as a result but maybe maybe not and look and i think you know hate is such a word that's been really changed a lot since i oh. started kind of 2014 yeah. as far as the way we consider things right sure um another reason i decided that probably the brand name change is easier is me not saying hate into my phone fucking 20 times a day <laughs> um but the overall drive that it means to me it doesn't right mm -hmm. but i do realize like that my internal voice of the one that motivates me isn't terribly polite to me mm. um I can deal with that voice, right? Like that voice that doesn't want to deal with my bullshit. That one that talks to me, it's like, yo, you fat fuck, get on the treadmill. We got shit to do. Mm -hmm. You said this was important. Mm -hmm. So you, it's either important or you're a fucking liar. So which one of those two are, or is it? And so that's what keeps me accountable a lot. The way I talk to myself. Yeah. Um, and that voice doesn't offend me, right? Because like I have the other side of that coin. I have plenty of times where I celebrate my wins and I'm very nice to myself and all that because it's got to stay balanced. Right. And that voice is a lot, man, is look, it is some mixture of coaches I had and my dad or people around me or any of these type of things that also didn't tolerate bullshit and weakness. Yeah. And so, you know, realizing that that's what that voice is and it's not really me mad at me. Mm-hmm. You know has changed that perspective on it a lot that i can use that as a tool whereas it's not really i'm not identifying with the thing i'm not doing if yeah. that makes sense it does well and and not putting up with the bullshit too i mean we could probably use a lot more of that in our our modernist culture where we're, we're fucking pathetic we're, we're pathetic when it comes to accountability yeah yeah it's we're not sad as shit dude we can't yell at anybody yet anymore, much less internally. Even with, uh, I get a little bit on my soapbox about this whole mental health thing. I understand it's important, but I feel like we've gone a lot soft on ourselves with letting ourselves be whatever, not okay, blah, 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 blah. So I like, I like what you're saying from the perspective of you got to kick yourself in the ass and, and, uh, nobody's else get, nobody else is going to do it for you really. Like, yeah, well, you know, you, cause you can I, preach about yeah, it all day, like, but man, like, if you're not, if you're not stoked on making the most of your life and chasing your dreams and fucking figuring everything out to be as rad as you can be, I, I don't give a shit whether or not you want that. Yeah. But if you do want it, let's fucking go. Yeah. I'd like to help. Yeah. But if it's not important to you, man, like. Yeah, I'll never care about your dreams more than I care about mine. Like, that's one of the fucking rules of how this works. Like, even you, right? Like, you can't give a shit more about my podcast than you care about the growth of yours. You can want me to succeed. But you're not trying to beat me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. a numbers comparison that we're using here. It's yeah. simply that all your energy needs to worry about yours and not spend a bunch of fucking time worrying about whatever somebody else is doing with their show or mm -hmm. spending time thinking about what these people said or what they did. Yeah. No, follow yours. Yeah. Take chances and listen to the results. Make yeah. changes accordingly. The same way that we do for training, right? 
and like, oh shit, my shoulders are fucked up and I tore a callus on my hand. Well, how would I make, you know, a, a, an adjustment so that I could still train some shoulders and not destroy my hands again? Like everyone can make a move and that's how you use the previous data or whatever small failures to continue making progress. You don't just quit training. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned, actually, this is a really good time to my next question. You mentioned in your YouTube channel that you're all in, all in on life, all in on this, all in, all, all in on the podcast. And, and you're, what you just said about concentrating what's yours instead of somebody else's. Was there a time in your life where you weren't all in, like, and, and that's kind of drove you to realize, like, I've got to, I've got to, whether it's from the injury or something else, and you just realized I've got to concentrate on me and not worry about, you know, all this other crap that's clouding my vision. Um, yeah, but it would have been really young. Like like okay. once I found Highland Games and those type of things, I've always really been all in on whatever the thing is I'm focused on. Whether that was trying to open the bike shop, I wasn't very good on the follow through. But opening it, yeah, I was all in. And like track and field, I was all in. I wasn't all in academically. Like uh, I've always had one aspect of my life that gets all of it. And then the other things, because I'm whatever we want to use ADHD or anything else. Like, man, if I'm not interested in it, I just can barely give a fuck. Yeah. I will do enough to let it not be in my way. Like I'll do enough to make it frictionless mm -hmm. so that I can focus on the thing I do give a shit about. Yeah. And the older I've gotten, the more I realize like, Oh, I can give a shit about everything. And I should, cause it's my fucking life. Like I'm not going to school for someone else. Right. right. Like, I'm I'm doing the things in my life right now because these are things I said are important to me. You know, my physical health, my mental health, and my ability to hold relationships. Yeah. And so that's what I want to focus the most on. Yeah. You know, inspire people to fucking take control of their life. Yeah. And realize they can. It explain how that philosophy too is a little bit different than because it sounds a lot more nuanced a little bit, with a little bit more preparation than the, this whole idea of, you know, send it, just do it kind of philosophy. Like talk, to, talk a little bit about that, how that, how that's different. Well, I think a lot of that send it type thing, right? Like I, I don't know how much that ends up falling on the accountability side. Mm. Like I don't really believe in there being right or wrong or good or bad those type of instances. I believe there are actions to take and either favorable or unfavorable consequences for doing so. Hmm. I want to continue to stack up favorable consequences by the actions I take, mm -hmm. you know, for the direction I'd like to go. And so I need to also be accountable for when I'm not, you know, I've got to be the one that said, yo, that was a stupid fucking decision. Let's not do that again. It wasn't yeah. someone else's fault that I fucked up. Right, right, right. Fine. If I listened to someone else's advice and it didn't go right, I chose to listen to that advice. I fucked up, right? It's never anyone else's fault. The only decision I make from that point on is do I ever listen to that person for advice again? Or, you know, where did I misread the advice or where did, you know, that allows me to be more analytical and aware of myself without some judgment of it. Mm -hmm. That keeps me accountable to my goals and my dreams and not just like, fuck it, YOLO. Like that's too short term. Like there needs to be both. Like I want to be stoked on today and have gratitude for today. Like I am not living for how rad things are going to be in five years. <laughs> Fuck all that. 
have no idea what's coming in five years. I'm just trying to give that guy as many opportunities as I possibly can to choose whatever the fuck he wants to. Yeah. You know, so me being healthy probably helps that dude out. Me building passive income probably helps that dude out. You know, me continuing to grow a community probably helps that dude out. Yeah. Those are the things I'm doing. And those are also the things that I enjoy now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is wildly countercultural, Matt. I'm surprised you're still alive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's really sad that it is. I feel like. I know. And like, man, I say it so much an ad nauseum that there's some point of like, well, everyone's got it, right? And they don't. No. We don't live in an accountable society. I mean, part of it, we've loved to just hand the keys over to right and wrong and any any type of miscommunication people have to the lawyers at this point. And it's so <laughs> fucking lame. What a trap that is. Yeah. Because we've gotten rid of common sense and nuance. Yeah. And so we're not allowed for people to operate in the gray area. Mm-hmm. This doesn't litigate well. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Well, and and I also think we've let you going back to your comments about accountability. We've let other people be accountable on our behalf, which is such a weird concept to me. Um, whether it's your parents or the government or your 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 friends or whomever, uh, I like that you differentiated it from you know this idea of just fucking send it because there's so many people who are doing that who don't care what how that's going to impact anybody else and don't have no, that's not the way it on that you know and i my full life philosophy probably at like one of the most core things is that i get to pursue anything in my fucking life that i want to and you don't get a vote yeah and with that said that means you do too yep and my pursuit is never more important than yours I can't ever put something in the way because like, ah, I, his isn't as important. This helps mine. You know, that's bullshit and you're a cunt. Yeah. You know, so I make sure not to do that. Like this pursuit is for me. Yeah. But whether that's on the micro level of my getting up to train, mm-hmm. right? That means it doesn't have to negatively impact my chick. She doesn't have to change if she wants, you know, cookies or bullshit. Like that's her decisions. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who has to be accountable to my fucking hopes and dreams, but pretending because she eats different food than I am, that she's part of the problem. Fuck you. (laughs) You're the problem. Yeah. Make a fucking decision. Learn to hold accountability to it. As soon as you can do that, the rest of the shit in life gets easy. But if you can't control like what you fucking physically put in your mouth every day, Mm -hmm. it's a pretty fucking baseline animalistic thing. Yeah. A real simple one. Yeah. No uh, one wants you eat bad food. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you mentioned fear and inability. I don't remember if it was in your YouTube bio or not, but um driving away from those things. You know, my, uh, fear is not going to drive my decision making. Inability is not going to drive my decision making. I'll become more able or I'll I'll reduce the fear to a point where I can just I can just do something. Was there, I'm curious, was there any sort of, and maybe this is where the injury discussion comes in, was there any singular event or series of events that you determined just wouldn't control you? And, and that's where, that's where that was coming from. Um, you're getting hurt and things getting dark and like really getting locked in chronic pain Mm -hmm. changed a lot of perspectives. Okay. Um, 
Look, I think brushes with mortality really alter people. And in kind of a, you know, a short run there, right? Like I lost my father to pancreatic cancer and that, that opened up a big tear in my mind about life. One just being that, you know, watching him go from everything was normal essentially as dad to 11 months later dead. Mm. And like, I'm aware that that's a way this, this may all play out. And so if it might play out that way, that means I got to make sure the ride's worth it. And so watching him lose ability and watching him lose the things that he loved to do, like go outside and fucking wither away. And then, you know, further distance between, you know, watching that happen and then myself getting injured, right? Like I just lost this big communication with my body. Mm. So there was this big unalignment and disconnect between kind of who I feel like I was inside trapped in this thing that doesn't work anymore. And I could feel the same for him. Like, yo, his brain never got sick, right? And so he's just trapped. And so realizing that, you know, really led me to, I've got to figure the pain thing out. Mm -hmm. Because I know that if I don't get out of pain and I continue with this big disconnected feeling between my body and who I am and any of that and and scared that I'm just whittling away more at what I can do physically. Um, yeah, I know eventually I'll kill myself. Like I know that. Um, and it wasn't something that like, that's the emotion I have about it. I know that if I don't sort this problem, that's the end result. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when. You know, it may be 10 years or maybe 25. I, who fucking knows? But one day I'll lose that battle. Um, and so with that being the outcome of me not taking action, yeah, everything's worth trying. Right? Because I don't want to go that way. They're not interested in that. So if that's what we've gotten to now, then what risk or fear is there to try anything else under the sun to fix this? Hmm. You know, there's anxiety to the unknown, but chances are it won't fucking kill me. Mm -hmm. And so kind of anything less than that, who cares? Mm -hmm. What are we worried about being uncomfortable? <sighs> eh, I'm not. <laughs> you know, I don't mind it. I don't mind being really uncomfortable with my own thoughts or physically. Um, yep. I think there's a lot to be discovered there. I think we've gone a long way to trying to make people avoid these feelings of fear and anxiety and that comfort is the ultimate goal that you should feel safe and cozy at all fucking times. And I don't believe that's true. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that would create the adaptation that's happening. Right. We're less capable of dealing with shit. Oh yeah. And of, of course it does. Right. Like if you're not, if you're not training, your muscles are going to atrophy. Mm -hmm. so why would your ability to manage stress get better in absence of stress? So we have to pick these fucking challenges. We have to test ourselves. We have to lean into that anxiety, that fear, and, and read it the way that it's supposed to be read. It's not supposed to say, stop, run away from this. It's supposed to say, this fucking matters. 
That's why your senses get heightened. That's why you're aware. That's why you're on point. That's why your heart rate goes up. Like get your shit together. Like, man, if you're scared to walk in a public place, it's going to be a fucking hard run for you. Like that's not survivable. But you've got to figure out how to manage it. And whether that's understanding that no one out there really gives a shit what you're doing because they're all so self-consumed feeling the same way you are. It's a fucking huge unlock to realize no one fucking cares, man. Which means only you have to. Mm-hmm. And everyone finds there's such freedom to people who, who realize that and get it, right? Yeah. That there isn't any. No one, gave, no one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. No one walking down the street will remember what you're fucking wearing. Name one thing you remember someone wearing yesterday. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And that's everyone. So use that freedom to your fucking advantage to do whatever you want. Yeah. Be all in on it and stop pointing the finger at anyone else for why it's not happening. Of course you're anxious because it's scary to change. Our ego loves keeping us safe and surviving and so far no matter what you've done up to this point you've survived and so changing those things is a real threat yeah it doesn't realize that you're doing it for future progress it doesn't reward it on that scale man i would love for as long as i've been consistent with my morning routine and sauna or cold or cardio or any of the things i've done now or better managing my food yeah, I wish I still didn't have to override some fucking voice in my head that doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's every day. It never goes away. It's always there. And it says like, ah, we could, we could rest today. <laughs> <laughs> like every day, and I just laugh at it. And I'm like, God damn it, man. One of these days, I just want to wake up and it's like, let's, let's do this thing. <laughs> it always makes us feel better after we're done. But it doesn't. Yeah. Constant fucking resistance. Yeah. But what I've learned through that, right, is I've learned how to train being able to manage the feeling of feeling that resistance. Yeah. And go, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That voice isn't important. Move on to the other one. I think uh, Goggins calls it that little bitch voice on the back of your head. <laughs> yeah. Sure, that voice, right? Like, I that, that less you. Yeah. Yeah. That fucking comfortable voice that wants to stay in bed for 20 more minutes. Like, man, just fucking get on board. <laughs> I love it. So this sounds, so this is actually a perfect segue. So this sounds exactly the evolution of hate brands into not dead yet. Why not try it if it's not going to kill you? It's not going to kill you until it kills you. So just go for it. Um Talk to talk to us a little bit about not dead yet as a brand and as a philosophy now and what you're trying to accomplish with this versus hate brands. Sure, it's it's really still similar stuff, man. Um, you know, I'm trying to produce high quality stuff for people that give a shit. Yeah, people that do, people that are wanting to do the most what they can in their lives and are accountable to it. Um, you know, we've continued to make clothes like our goat shorts and everything else. And mm-hmm. we're going to continue to do that. I just believe the branding behind not dead yet is such an, such a louder message, right? Like that is this fucking resistance toward that being comfortable and just letting time pass. It's taking control. You know, it's fucking saying it. Y'all, I'm not fucking dead yet. That's why I'm doing this shit. Cause one day I can't. 
Mm-hmm. One day I won't be able to. And that time is rapidly fucking approaching. Yeah. And getting people to click out of that routine and that autopilot that most people live on every fucking day. And then all of a sudden wake up and say, what the fuck happened? I'm 60. I refuse to let that happen in my life. That's why I've got these daily reminders and mementos and things that tell me to stay on the fucking gas. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. Like, I want to have those things that remind me, yo, are you being your best? Then let's do that. Or say it doesn't matter. Say you don't give a shit. Because, yeah, I can't. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Has, uh, I, I was trying to remember some of the uh, apparel pieces that you had with hate brands versus what you have now with uh, not dead yet. Is this more, is it also trending in the more, a little bit more fun loving direction? Cause I saw some of the designs you had recently, which were hilarious and awesome on your Instagram. Um, but is it uh, a little bit more, I don't know. I don't want to say mass appeal, but like uh, a little bit more lighthearted in that regard. Not the intention. I mean, <laughs> it's really just more producing stuff that, we're currently into yeah, stuff that currently speaks to us and doing things that way, doing a variety of stuff still as well. Cause like my interests vary a ton from like weird sci-fi stuff to, you know, vintage movies and anything else. And so I like kind of having some of that represent in the world of things I'm wearing and I'm still making clothes that I'm into is really part of it. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, I know it's really, so the thing that really intrigues me about the apparel business is it is unbelievably competitive and you've actually been able to be successful at it. What drove that? Cause I mean, anybody can, there's a thousand athletes out there that all have their own apparel brands. Like what made you stand out in that world? I don't know, man. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with relationships I had mm. being able to build relationships and be able to get out and share my story and create content. And I was doing a lot of that. Yeah. It wasn't just simply a Matt Vincent's clothing. Yeah. Right. Like none of it's ever had my name on it. It really isn't about me. Um, I think that helped. I also think it helped that I didn't build a trendy brand. Yeah. It, it, if that makes any sense, right? That like oh, I totally. didn't yeah. build on a thing. Um you know, we didn't do joke shirts or any of that. And like, I don't have anything against that. I say, do whatever you want. It just isn't what my creative brain wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like, I definitely didn't set out to do this and make some giant fucking business. I set out to make shit I wanted to make. I just want to create and given the option to create for a living is such a gift. And so if I get a chance in any way, shape or form, I want to, and I think it deserves the best from me. Because otherwise it won't work. Yeah. Um, but why it succeeded, I would say relationships, man. You know, I got to I got to be in a lot of places that as a Highland Games athlete, I shouldn't have been seen. Sure. Uh, I was writing for magazines and generating content and doing all this type of stuff to, you know, build my own megaphone to help grow the brand. And really, we were putting out so much content that the brand was arrayed to support the content. And one of the things I'm excited about now is really getting back to producing content mm-hmm. and being a way to support that content instead of it kind of feeling that the brand is what is the driver force, right? That like my story is not running that business. My story is what I'm doing, not dead yet represents the story. If that 
I yeah, because I think a lot of brands have got that exactly backwards. Like I mean, being an entrepreneur doesn't make my dick hard, if I'm really honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like creating for a living and I, I like solving the problems of it, right? But like yeah. to to tout myself off as a business guy, like mm. oh, I'm an yeah. athlete head. Yeah. I'm a fucking barely functioning moron. <laughs> you know, I just like seeing people kick ass, man. Because mm-hmm. there's this light that comes on in people when they realize that, like, oh fuck, I can actually do and shape and create the life I want. Yeah. And the first way to manage it is physically. Yeah. Now, that's the one that doesn't require any magic, and that's what's the coolest thing about running into other people that are strong. Mm-hmm. You just can't fake it. You can't fake what ten years of consistent lifting does. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I know that people who do that and people who've decided to build their own universe in any way, like a garage gym or a place to train that's on their own, like, yo, you get it. Mm-hmm. And like, I believe that you can unlock this exact same thing you figured out here to making every aspect of your life incredible. Yeah. Not just the physical, but it's the same rules apply to making your relationship better. It's the same rules apply with how you communicate with yourself. It's the same rules to build empathy and do all these things. You just have to be willing to push yourself into that uncomfortable place to analyze what's going on. Yeah. And that speaks to people. I mean, you've built quite the loyal following, um, even into, uh, even into not dead yet. So, um, people are definitely hearing that and listening and buying in. So, um, Matt, where can uh, people find you and where can they get some of this apparel? Sure. Yeah. We're not dead yet.com. So that one's easy. It's so much easier than saying the hate and then saying it's spelled funny. <laughs> so notdeadyet.com, you can kind of find everything there. Uh, my life coaching mentorship group is uh, ndylife.com. And uh, getting a chance to work with people who kind of find themselves at that crossroad of life, right? Of like this old identity that I've built that I feel somewhat loyal to doesn't represent where I want to go anymore, but I don't know how to make change. Mm-hmm. I got forced through that as an athlete with going through injury of being able to manage who I am on the other side of sport without it. And that's your first career or first love or whatever it is, that identity shift is really tough for people. But understanding that you can let it go to become whatever you want to be takes action and it takes calculated action to do it well. I love helping people find that. Um, We host some retreats uh, throughout the year. Our next one is in October the 20th through the 23rd. My Instagram is Matthew P. Vincent. Um, the podcast is not dead yet. And um, yeah, that probably wraps it up, man. I like it. Probably all I love, the places. I love that there is a meaningful, deep philosophy behind this brand, not something so flippant. And a, a lot of a lot of clothing brands don't go this direction. Like they don't, I don't think they think as deeply as the, as as you do about what you're doing and i also love that it revolves around obviously the things you're interested in as opposed to like just trying to support the brand itself so i i think that i think it's part of the reason why you mentioned how you're I love people that choose to do like anybody out there that's choosing to fucking take action instead of just sit and bitch and moan about stuff yeah i'm on your team yeah yeah Matthew, thank you so much for uh, the interview. I really appreciate you. And uh, best of luck with the brand going forward. Um, by the way, do you have any, uh, I don't know if this is 
you know, past your prime kind of stuff, but um, any any aspirations to get back into Highland Games at any point or at any level? No. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm fucking old with a bum knee and a fake hip. Almost a hundred pounds since I last competed. Like I'm, I'm really good with how that chapter ended. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, it it came and went, right? And like, yeah. You know, the growth in life comes from letting go of any of the feelings of like, oh goddamn, that happened before I it quit before it was supposed to. Yeah. Which I'm also aware enough, like at this point in my life, right? That like, you know, that's the only way that story plays out for me. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't another scenario where I walk away at the top being happy with everything. Like I just don't do that. I would have mm. either had this injury or a different one, mm. or I would have slowly gotten shittier. And I don't know how well I would have managed that. Yeah. And so this is the path. And so everything at this point, like I don't have any bitterness about the ending of my career or the injury or anything like that. It's all gratitude for the sake that, you know, I got to spend eight years of my life chasing a thing that I fucking love that yeah. did nothing but provide for me. And in that, and in the time since then now, which is, I mean, 2016, right? Like we're fucking quickly closing on the 10 years since I've done shit. Yeah. And so being aware of that, like, it's also continued to provide. So I've got nothing but gratitude for how that sport and the end of it went. But yeah. being able to show people that there's a life on the backside of it where I don't have to cruise around in a kilt anymore talking about Highland Games shit to people. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about transition, about, I mean, dude, the athletes I'm inspired by, right? Like, I love Steffi and I love Hapthor, knowing those mm -hmm. two. You know, they're not walking around being what they were. Mm-hmm. They've made moves. They found new things to get the shit kicked out of them by because there's so much to learn. They really have. Yeah. And that's what you're supposed to do. Like the, the happiness in life comes from the pursuit of something you're obsessed with. You need that puzzle to solve to keep you at your sharpest. Yeah. Without it, you're on autopilot. Like why would your brain fucking be on? Why would it give a shit if it knows how the whole day is going to play out and what mundane bullshit conversations you're going to have? And there's never a moment where it's actually needing to turn on and work at full capacity. Yeah. Why would it? And yeah. why would it continue to adapt and grow instead of atrophy? Yeah. Well, you see that with a lot of athletes that just grinding themselves into the dirt at the back end of their careers, knowing they're at the back end of the careers, making no changes. Fear, man. Yeah. It's fear. Yeah. You know, it just I'm, becomes the older you get, right? Like I, I, and I see it so many times that it's always this nagging injury. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I've got this thing. And if I get around that, I, I'm right back at being like I was 10 years ago. And like, yo motherfucker, that's called getting old. Right. 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 That's all it is. And like, yeah. he's stoked on it. Figure out the new puzzle. Right. You know, realizing that I don't have to beat myself up in training every day of the week to make progress was really cool to figure out. Oh, I bet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's really nice to know that. It's like, oh, whoa, I could feel better when I leave here three days a week instead right. of have to physically destroy myself to make as much progress as quickly as possible. Well, particularly with what you were doing, my goodness, as, as far as physically demanding, that was probably the top. Jeez. They're fun, man. Yeah. I miss being able to lift heavy. Hey, you know. But I did enough of it. Sure. I got sure. my fair share. <laughs> Look, it's not like this leg went bad out of mystery. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of worked. My body works just about as good as most other things I own. Mm-hmm. 
something's a little fucked up. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything that's in mint condition. No, everything I own's a hammer, dude. <laughs> I like it. Well, Matt, um, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I really, I really appreciate you. Yeah, man, I appreciate it too. Thank you, dude.